what's going on everybody got another beautiful sunny day in oakland california off day for the a's got a few games in a few games under their belt so far good to see some baseball been some difficulties hearing them on radio though we found out they only got home game uh radio for this spring so hey stay tuned to ricky blog at ricky blog on twitter and instagram and Clubhouse, too, we might be just be doing uh, some play-by-play or something uh, to make up for all these visiting uh, visiting games that they don't have any audio, so stay tuned. I'm your host, Alex Espinoza. Welcome to episode 16 of the GOAP, the greatest of all podcasts, the Ricky Henderson of podcasts, and uh, super excited to have Matthew Kawahara from the San Francisco Chronicle, his first year full-time on the beat uh, for, the, for the Chronicle, even though he's been covering the team for a few years. Uh, previously with the Raiders. So yeah, we talked about the challenges of covering the team this spring. Um, you know, what it's like to fill in for Susan Slusser, who's just, you know, an absolute, um, you know, institution on the A's beat since the, the late 90s. And then, uh, yeah, and then we uh, dove into about current issues, uh, current things going on with the team, talking about the rotation, um, Jed Lowry, second base, uh, Puck, Luzardo, a whole bunch of stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy this one yeah, with Matthew Kawahara from the San Francisco Chronicle. All right, and we're here with uh, San Francisco Chronicle beat writer for the A's, Matthew Kawahara. Thank you so much for joining, Matt. How you doing, man? Are all the days just melting together at this point or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's, still, it's still early enough that they're not all melting together, but today's an off day for the team, so that's kind of nice. Everybody gets to catch their breath a little bit, and then it's probably – 10 14 straight days of games so that'll, that'll probably add up pretty quick yeah so it's march 4th when did you get down there you got down there what, like 10 days ago or something like that or what? like yeah so the 20th 21st they, they opened the first workout uh to media on the 22nd that was the first full squad workout day so that yeah. was the first day we were able to actually get into the stadium so i've been down there since then yeah, and I know spring training is a different beast. Um, it's always like, even in a normal year, it's a different beast, you know? Um, but this year, what are the challenges? Like, where are you guys even sitting? You know, it seems like sometimes I see video, it looks like people are shooting footage, like through like the chain link fences and like, <laughs> looks like Zapruder footage or something, you know? Where are you guys? You know? Yeah, no, it's a good question. We, uh, so when they were still doing workouts and games hadn't started yet, um, we were able for those like five days to get into their uh, Fitch Park complex, which is where just the team's players were working out. Yeah. So yeah, we, we were basically like in a little holding area uh, that we couldn't leave. And so we, <laughs> we could see through the fence to two different fields. Yeah. yeah. So if there was infield going on in one field and hitting going on another field, we could at least watch that, but you know, see, couldn't see bullpens. So couldn't see guys throwing, couldn't see the yeah. other two fields on the other side. Um, so that, that was a little tough, but you know, games so far have been uh, have been pretty standard. We're in the press box. That's cool. Um, yeah. Everything's. I mean, the seats are spaced apart for the places that I've been so far. Uh, have had windows open. Actually, at, at Hohokam, uh, I have a. They, they have a setup um, outside of the press box. That's cool. That's that probably makes you feel feel more comfortable, right? Like, yeah, it yeah. It's got right. a little peace of mind. You can be outside, uh, away from people. Have a nice standing setup. So yeah, I like yeah. it out there. That's cool, man. And, um, and yeah, so are you going to be able to travel with the team this season? Like, how's it going to be for you once the regular season starts? Is it going to be pretty much normal, like back to normalcy? Because I know last year it was kind of pretty limited for everybody. Yeah, it's a good question. I I actually, uh, I don't know uh, for sure whether we're going to be uh, traveling to start the regular season or not. Um, It's, yeah, I I don't have a good answer for you. Like you said, last year it was all – all done from home over Zoom, uh, watching the games on streaming, which was which was very weird. <laughs> you know, 
game would end, you're just kind of watching from home and then you hop on the Zoom and, and do the, the post-game interviews. Um, that was very strange. Susan Slusser did travel down to uh, to LA for the last uh, uh, playoff series. But other than that, yeah, it was yeah. it was weird. I, I don't know what this year is going to be like. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't think, um, you know, fans realize like how – how stifling it is that you guys can't be in the clubhouse every day, you know, just to like, cause like, yeah, like stuff gets published, but it's all that other like conversations that you guys, uh, you, the reporters have with players and coaches that, you know, all the off the record stuff, like you said, like we were talking about before, it's tough for you to get podcast interview now. Um, so what kind of limitations do you feel like, you know, like in, uh, with cover, cause you can't like pull a player aside cause you know, like if everybody's there, you might not want to ask a question, you know, you, you kind of want to hold some stuff. So I mean, what, what kind of challenges do you feel like, uh, this whole pandemic has presented reporters, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's exactly what you said. I, I think, uh, the best way that we're able to do our job is when, you know, we're able to be in the clubhouse and just kind of have conversations with guys or, or you know, go from, uh, locker to locker and sort of, I mean, the thing that I've missed the most, especially here in spring training is, um, you know, in previous years, you could be down here and, and talk, you know, trying to do a feature on a guy maybe, and uh, you can just buzz around to, to a couple different lockers and ask about the new guy or um, to try to put together like a trend story, something about, a, a you know, shifts or a theme or something like that. And, and just kind of duck around a few different guys and, and ask everything you need in kind of like yeah. one short period. Yeah. Like you pick up something but, from one guy and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, there's a story right there. And then. Right. right exactly. And yeah. yeah. And that's what, that's what's missing is just the ability to kind of pull on that thread um, because you know, we we get structured Zoom interviews uh, with maybe one or two players a day so far this spring. And I mean, I, I recognize that there are, are definitely uh, limitations that are that are related to the health and safety protocols. And, and that stuff comes first. And uh, I think the, the HPR staff has done a, a good job and, and has made an effort to um, to, you know, make sure that we're getting all of the guys at least we've kind of cycled through mm-hmm. um, everybody that's kind of on the front line. Um, but it's it's not the same. I mean, you just you're not able to sort of round out stories like you were before, and you're not able to have those conversations in the clubhouse that could turn into stories. You never know. Um, and just to build relationships with guys. Yeah, and do like those deep dives too, because sometimes you start talking to a guy, and you, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's 20 minutes, or I don't know, like yeah, it's too bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and you mentioned Susan. I mean, um, what is that like to follow in the footsteps of someone who's <laughs> such a was such a great? I mean, she's like. You know, she, she's like an institution with the A's at this point. And, um, you know, I mean, I, what is that like? I'm curious. I'm sure there has to be a little bit of pressure or something. Obviously, people aren't expecting you to be Susan, obviously, but there has to be some sort of pressure involved, right? I don't know. They might be. I mean, it's, like, <laughs> it's, funny that, it's funny that you phrase it that way because um, the when she announced it, I think uh, it was maybe like June or January 1st or 2nd, um, uh-huh. she, she basically wrote on Twitter, um, you know, she's moving over to the Giants. Uh, and I probably got 40 or 50 messages of the same message that were basically a big shoes to fill. (laughs) Tough act to follow. I I try not to say, I try not to say, uh, I try not to say a cliche, but I couldn't help myself. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, she's, she commanded this beat and and did it for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, it is, I mean, in every way it is, it is a tough act to follow, but so far, and you know, that's another complicating factor of not being able to sort of be in there and have the the normal access because you're trying to, 
uh, get your feet wet on the beat. Yeah, know, just shake some know. hands and be like, hey, I'm mad. Like, I'm going to be here all year. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. like kind of a thing. Even though I've done, I have done some coverage of, of the team in the past, but uh, but it's a little yeah. different now. So, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. just just one more reason uh, among many reasons, uh, many non even, not even baseball related reasons to hope for things to, to ease back toward normal soon. Yeah, but that's cool. I mean, you can still like bounce stuff off her, right? Like, obviously, like she's still, you know, like I'm mean, sure she she can help you out a little bit, right? I mean, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's super helpful. Super. I mean, she's still she's she's learning her own new beat. I mean, she she's been covering these for two decades, and now Dude, she's it's, moving that's to still team, that's so. weird to me. That is weird to me. You know, <laughs> I think it's weird to a lot of people everybody. seeing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seeing her Giants tweets. But I saw she's already breaking, getting scoops over there. It's like, oh, classic. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't expect anything else. Yeah. But uh, but I remember you, like when I think of you, I always remember you driving down from Sacramento uh, to cover the A's and the Giants. You were like, I mean, they pretty much had you covering every home game, it seemed like. And like the way the MLB does it, it's like the Giants are home when the A's are on the road and vice versa. So you pretty much had like 150 games on your plate every year. Uh, I mean, how, how nice is it to cover one team instead of having to cover two teams? Because uh, you had to, you had to yeah. stay on top of the A's and the Giants for, for years. You know, that must have been really hard. It's different. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was, I worked for the Sacramento Bee for, uh, for seven years total, but did baseball for probably four or five. And, yeah. um, and yeah, that was kind of right in this. I covered the Giants during 12 and 14 during the world series runs. Um, but yeah, when, when, like you said, we were, uh, we were doing both A's and Giants because we didn't really have like one home. Dude, newspapers are cutting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they just, yeah. And I mean, Sacramento is kind of far enough away that there are fans of both A's and Giants there, even though there's probably more Giants fans at that point, partly because of the, uh, the success of the team. But, but yeah, so we were, we were trying to cover both teams and do it from more of like a, a featurey perspective. Um, but, but it did, I was living in Sacramento for a lot of the time. So it was, it was, are you, in the, back are you in the Bay now at least? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm in the Bay. Yeah. Have <laughs> like relocated you, for, for the last few years. Yeah, Cause I mean, that's crazy. You would have to drive like an hour and a half or whatever it was like there and then grind for like nine, 10 hours and then drive back. Like, and then repeat like six days a week. Like, I don't know. You, there's a lot of miles. You, yeah. You've always been on the grind, dude. And I remember you would always stand up because you, you couldn't sit down cause your, your back was like messed up, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you're sitting in the car for that long like you don't you just no don't i remember yeah <laughs> your posture would be messed up yeah <laughs> uh, so what kind of stuff do you Good like memory, to write? though no i remember that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what kind of stuff do you like to write do you like a uh, feature stuff do you like newsy stuff do you like like statistical based stuff what kind of what kind of writing do you like to do yeah i think a little bit i mean you know the features are the fun st- uh the fun stories and especially i mean that that's a good thing about spring training is especially when there are some uh some new guys and you get to kind of know the new guys a little bit and can delve into backstories that you haven't really explored before um it's you know when you have players that have been around for a long time you kind of have to find different ways to to write about them and and um figure out different angles and stuff like that so uh so features are a lot of fun um but but yeah you got you got pretty much be able to do it all right now just to yeah. kind of keep pace <laughs> yeah i don't really like stats anymore i, I kind of i'm more interested in like the human like i don't know like i i, I don't really care about saber metrics i'll let other people do that stuff i don't really care <laughs> so what kind of stuff what kind of stuff do you like to read um i, I like featurey stuff but I, I just feel like well i say that but then a lot of times i don't <laughs> i don't actually read it so i don't know i i don't really mm. know um but but I, I like interesting the athletic does really I, I really like the athletic what they do like they really do deep dives on interesting angles and stuff like that i mean th- those are the stories we all run right but it's just you know 
the <laughs> the economics dictate otherwise, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I like uh, just hearing little nuggets on something I didn't know about before, and then somebody does a deep dive on it, and you're like, oh wow, that was really cool. And then you're like, you realize, oh, this is a thing that I didn't even know existed. So I don't know, some kind of eye-opening stuff. Like Eno Saris does some really really cool stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know, stuff like that. Um, Eno yeah, does a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. like he he sees baseball in like another like I, I he it's like a whole different game like a whole nother universe yeah, i was i always learn something whenever he does stuff. yeah he and like I, I don't even know yeah he, he he understands the game on a whole different level you know um but so so yeah where did you grow up are you bay area guy or what did you grow up uh around i grew up in sacramento oh okay right on so were yeah. you uh gr- growing up watching the a's and giants or what because i know yeah pretty that much. a little bit farther away but like yeah no it's still still what hour hour and a half uh ish so yeah no grew up watching the a's and giants um watched yeah probably a little bit of both i remember you know going to games at both uh both the coliseum and even candlestick before they moved over to um did you go to oracle Park. did you go to Rayleigh field a lot too did you go to river cats games Good amount of Rivercats games. Dude, man. I love the, that's a I love minor league baseball, dude. Minor league baseball is great. I, that's what it's all about for me. <laughs> you know? As far as yeah. just going to to see a game and kind of hang out, Rayleigh Field was is a great place, especially you know summer nights in Sacramento. It can be pretty hot yeah, in Sacramento hot. during the summer, but <laughs> some of those evenings where it cools down, you got a little breeze and you're sitting out on the grass. I mean, Rayleigh Field is a nice place to be. Yeah, I would love it. And uh, Karahara is Japanese, right? Is that Japanese? It is. Yeah, you, ever, you, ever, you ever been to Japan? You ever seen a baseball game out there or anything or what? I have not. No, that, that would be a bucket list thing. That would be so cool. Like, cause I know the A's and Mariners always, or traditionally, it seems it's always the A's and Mariners just cause the Ichiro and the West Coast. Yeah. What, they you know? went a couple years ago. Was I it, think was so. Last, yeah. I think 18 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's probably still like a few years away whenever, but that would be cool, right? To cover a, one of those, one of those games or something out there. That would be That'd awesome. Be, I mean, you, you hear nothing about nothing, but, great things about like the atmosphere of those games and the drumming yeah chanting this the singing and everything it would be it would be really cool yeah that would be awesome i would yeah that would, i think it'd be fun just to go and like yeah the games would be fun but it's more just the cultural experience i think would be really awesome absolutely yeah for sure yeah and um i think and, there are a couple people left to, or maybe one one person left on the beat who was who was covering at that time but uh martin yeah, was, well, yeah was i was gonna fun. say it was martin but dude it's crazy yeah there's yeah, I mean, it's you and then Shana's in her, like, second second or, thir- or third year, I guess, yeah. Um, mm, still relatively new. Yeah, and then Martin. yeah, Martin's like the OG on the beat now. It's hilarious. <laughs> kind of is, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, and you covered the Raiders for a couple of years, too, right, uh, for the Chronicle before this? Right? I did, yeah. Uh, that, was, that, that was the first thing I did at the Chronicles. I moved over about mid-season in 2017 um, and covered the rest of that year and the next, the next two seasons So that before was they moved. So that was before – I can't remember. Who was the coach before Gruden? I, I already forgot. Who was Jack it? Del Rio. Del Rio, right? I was going to say Del Jack Rio. Jack Del Rio, who I was gonna, announced yeah. his own firing on the, <laughs> at the season finale of the – Chargers, I want to say, at the end of the um, that season, and then they brought in Gruden. There's always something funny with the Raiders, right? There's something like mystical about that franchise, right? Like just like yeah, there's 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 always something, yeah, that's for sure. It's yeah. I don't know, they they have some passionate fans, um, but yeah, there's there's always something. <laughs> and, and I mean, what are, what's the I mean, the NFL? There's so many there's so many guys, you know. Like yeah, there's pretty much like seventy guys you have to keep keep tabs on um you know uh for the for the Raiders like all the active guys and then all the injured guys whatever um which sport do you prefer covering baseball or football um 
like because I know they have different uh, pace. They have different paces too. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would say definitely baseball. Um, yeah. I think a, a big part of that is in normal times, uh, baseball is just a lot more accessible. Uh, the the people are more accessible. Um, football is is a very, I think, the, especially in football rooms, <laughs> it's a pretty guarded culture. Um, yeah, it's like they're know, like it's, it's a hiding war secrets. It's like, dude, you have a broken, yeah. or you, you have a, you rolled your ankle. Like it's okay. <laughs> you know? There's a lot of a lot of sort of secrecy when it comes to injuries, and and it probably you know comes from game planning and just not wanting to give away anything that could be seen as an advantage. Um, it's so funny, yeah. But yeah, from from a coverage <laughs> point of view, um, I think I, I prefer a lot the uh, the openness of baseball in normal times um, when you're able to just yeah yeah. Uh, be on the field during batting practice, watch from up close, talk to guys as they walk by. Um, it's it's a much freer environment, I would say. Yeah, it's like casual too. It's like, yeah, there's 162 games. It's not so like, oh man, we only got 16 games. Got to be all like, yeah. Yeah, game days, NFL game days are pretty intense. Those are some pretty long days. Dude, isn't it funny going to the visiting locker room at the Coliseum at Raiders games? And it's just like an absolute – I don't know if you ever went to the visiting locker room for an NFL game, but, dude, it's – I don't know if you can imagine the visiting baseball clubhouse full of, like, 60 dudes in their pads, but it is – because I would always get quotes for the AP, and Josh would always send me to – to the visiting locker room and dude it's like armageddon uh-huh. it's like that place is not designed to be an nfl <laughs> locker room you know it's tough it's no tight. it's hardly it's hardly designed to be an mlb locker room. no yeah it's really tough so imagine double the guys and all their equipment like oh my god it is like it, yeah it is it is i, I can see that being pretty tight. <laughs> yeah it's a war it's tight course <laughs> yeah and it's funny like the raiders i always feel like they had misdirection too i feel like they put stuff out to the media just to like just to like i don't know it's weird they i, I always feel like there's some goofy stuff going all gruden you know um <laughs> uh, and so, so yeah, back to the A's. This is an A's podcast. Uh, <laughs> what, do, what do you think about, uh, for me, I think the thing, that, the biggest thing for them this year is their bullpen. I mean, what do you think about uh, Rosenthal? I think Rosenthal really kind of put them in another, put them in another level of competitiveness. You know, what, what do you think? I think that was their big move uh, this spring what do you, or this offseason. What do you think? Yeah, well, the bullpen was huge last year. I mean, the, there's the, the lowest bullpen area in the majors. Uh, it was such a key for them. Um, and then they lost several guys. I mean, Liam Hendricks, but also Soria, um, who is kind of a, a key guy for them, veteran guy. Um, and, yeah, I think that when they were going into what well, it was maybe two or three weeks before spring training started and the bullpen was looking real thin and yeah. you were like, Who's going to, is Jake Diekman going to close? And if Jake Diekman closes, then who's going to pitch in the eighth inning? It would have been like Wendelkin, Trevino, and Diekman basically anchoring. Right, run. yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that they felt great about that. I think they would have, you know, they might have felt, they, they, they would have said they felt okay. Um, yeah. But I think. <laughs> yeah, they would have been nervous <laughs> for sure, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it looked thin. And then the just sort of the flurry of moves that they made, and obviously Rosenthal being the centerpiece. But but the key to to, to that, and uh, Bob Melvin has kind of expounded on this a little bit, was uh, the trade for Elvis Andrews, um, yeah. the Chris Davis Elvis Andrews trade, because not only did they plug that hole at shortstop, but um, because of the the money exchange in that uh, in that deal, they they offloaded Chris Davis's um, big salary, and then. Yeah. Uh, Texas sent money, um, and that freed them up to make some other signings. And that's when they went out and they re-signed Petit, and they signed Romo. And then they went and got Rosenthal, which I think came as a surprise to a lot of people. Um, 
he he did say afterward that the A's were the ones that just they showed the most interest. And, and uh, I, I think they honestly paid. I mean, he was cool with the deferred payments, and I don't know if anybody else was going to give him eleven mil. Like maybe people were going to give him ten mil or something, and then the A's were like, "We'll give you eleven, but it's going to take three years." <laughs> yeah, but I mean, his his willingness to accept that sort of a deferred thing was, I mean, that was key for them because of the you know they, they have their cash flow issues, and if they're paying him three million this year. Um, I think, I mean, when we went back and looked at it, I mean, the the, um, the Davis salary was, what, $16.75 million or something like that for yeah. this year. Andrews is making something like 14 and change. And, and then, uh, but the, the Rangers sent back six, um, 6.25 or something. So I, th- I thought it was like, you know, thir- oh, oh, so six to, is it six? I thought it was like 13.5, but do they like 13, divide it out? 13. Over two years, yeah. Oh, okay, um, okay. did not know that. Yeah, so I think this year was about six point two five. But so you look at that. Uh, is if you look at you know Davis and uh, uh, Davis's salary, kind of, uh, and and Andrews being a wash, and them saving about two million there, plus the six point two five million coming back. Then you spend that on on Romo and Petit, and then Moreland, another ad for yeah, I'll, I'll like four four million. guys for about two million dollars. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. and then yeah. if you're paying Rosenthal three million this year, um, then yeah, I mean that was that was some real maneuvering at the end of spring, yeah. and I think they feel a lot better uh, about it uh, or about themselves because of it. Especially if Elvis can come back to at least like a, a shade of what he used to do. Like I know he's dropped off a little bit, but like if Elvis can like you know produce and you know knocking some runs, like and I don't know, just be I, it, that's not even his job. If he can just you know be Elvis, like I don't know. I think, dude, they're gonna look. I think people are gonna look back at that and be like, the A's actually like obviously people want to have Semyon, and obviously if they were uh, you know a richer friend or more spend you know spendy franchise i could have got all those guys and kept Semyon, but you know <laughs> it's the ace yeah. right yeah i mean to to get a guy that has andrews's track record i think was i mean that was a pretty sharp move um yeah. like you said he, he's his last couple of years have been but he was hurt in 18 i think he got hit by a pitch yeah. and broken elbow um and then last year he said he was uh, he was dealing with back issues basically the entire season yeah. And um, this offseason, it kind of showed him that he needed to go about things a different way. So he didn't do as much weightlifting, didn't do like squats and stuff. He did more plyometric agility work. And he said he feels good now. He said he feels like he's 20 again. We'll see if that's actually the case. But <laughs> They always say, I'm in the best shape of my life. That's what everybody <laughs> yeah. says in this, in this summer year. <laughs> but, I mean, he looks pretty He looks pretty, he looks pretty whippy out there, to borrow a, a, an old yeah. Tim Linscombe descriptor. <laughs> looks pretty whippy. Yeah, but I think he's also great. Like, he – uh, just his uh, just attitude, like he'll make the 162 so much better for everybody, you know. Just like his, his smile, his attitude, and he's yeah. a vet. He knows what's up, and like that's what I, I just hearing him talk. He's like, you know, I'm all about the details. I'm all about all this. Stuff. Like you can tell, like he, he's yeah, he's a pro, dude. He's he's a pro. You know, he knows what's going on. I think yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I think uh, you know everybody in Texas raved about him, um, yeah. just as a teammate and and what he brought to the club. As we we talked to him as a group only twice but they've been probably the most entertaining and engaging yeah. zooms that we've done all spring so yeah he's so, yeah, hilarious I think, he's I like... think, <laughs> and for a guy i mean for having to come in and replace a guy that was as important to them as as marcus um you know marcus was he was i think you know he could be easygoing and, and you know everything like that but he was he seemed to be a pretty stoic guy. I mean, he, he sort of, yeah, he's like intense. This, yeah. He was like intense. Yeah. Thing, he you know? sort of yeah. set that example where, um, 
he was, you know, he was kind of a rock for them, right? He was always in the lineup. He was, you know, he filled a bunch of others. He was their player rep and everything. So, um, you know, but Elvis has this, he has a track record before the last few years of being in the lineup every day. And, and he does it with sort of this, uh, this kind of joyful attitude that, um, that, yeah, I think it could be a positive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what do you think about just, I, I've been like um, watching some of the media sessions. It seems like Olsen and Chapman have like this different sense of confidence. I don't know. It's like, they're, they're like the vets now, you know, because like they were always like the young dudes who were like the A's were pinning their franchise hopes on. Now it's like, all right, you guys are the dudes now. And it seems like, uh, I don't know. They, they just seem like they have this different confidence and like swagger about them. What do you, I don't know if you've detected that. I don't know. But, uh, but I, I don't know that I've seen anything different from them so far this spring. I think, uh, I, I don't know that, you think Chapman ever didn't have a swagger around him? Like no, he did. Yeah, no, but it's like he's pretty uh, swaggy. Yeah, I don't know. There's something like yeah, he yeah, he's like a psycho. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. But well, he's coming. Yeah, what's that? He's coming back from the hip thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think he feels good. And Olson had a real bad year last year, but yeah. he said that he feels like he's made some changes. So yeah, um, you know, it's early spring. Everybody's confident in early spring, right? <laughs> I just, but if they can get yeah. both those guys back on track, that, that'll be big. Yeah, because I feel like it's their team now, you know? Like, I, I, I was actually surprised. I was looking. I think Mark Canna is, like, the longest tenured guy here now. Like, he's been here since 2015. Yeah, Canna. has so, been around for a little while. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, yeah, I think, yeah. But it's just, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. Like, oh, man, they're still here, like, five years later, you know? <laughs> Mark Canna, elder statesman. Yeah. And, and what's up with – leadoff hitter. Dude, yeah. what's up with Jed Lowry? It seems like uh, like this kind of might be the same thing as last year. A little bit of vague, uh, kind of ease him in. We don't really know. He's kind of just doing his thing. Like uh, I know early, it's early. Yeah, early, yeah I, I know it's early. early. Camp mystery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, def- definitely, uh, definitely a mystery right now. I mean, they they've been, they've been doing this with a few. They they haven't used their, any of their starting pitchers in the first four Cactus League games. They, they, they're not planning on putting any of their, their like regular starters into a Cactus League game until like game 10, game 11. Yeah, I, I was listening to Emo's thing yesterday. He was like, the, he wants this group of – I almost feel like this is like they're, they're just trotting out like they're, they're dudes who could get called up later this year, you know, to see how they can do. For- I mean, yeah, those are, those are the guys who are coming to pitch. Like they're, yeah. they're depth, they're second wave guys. Um, but what they're doing instead is they're having those the, the mainline starters um, – kind of throw sim innings in the backfield uh, where you can't watch because uh, those are close to media now. Um, so we don't really know what's going on, but apparently from what they were saying, Jed Lowry is working out there and he is getting at bats in those sim Oh, he's doing innings. the sim game stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so he's – what they say is that he's getting a lot of at bats in the sim innings. Obviously, those are sim innings. And also he's – I don't know that he's – how much defense he's playing. And that, I mean, that more than anything. Is I think probably, it's the defense. Yeah, it's the defense. Yeah, there. I mean, it's, the question is whether he can he can handle playing second base yeah. and do it for like you know multiple days in a row. Yeah. Um, because I mean, we saw him hit a little bit in the in the early workout days. Um, you know, he still his swing still looks the same. Um, and he was they took some infield work, and we saw him one day. He was you know turning double plays second base. Hands are still pretty quick, um, but yeah. You know, you, you just don't see him. We haven't seen him try to move around defensively at game speed. And, you know, he wasn't a guy that had a whole ton of range yeah, to begin he, with. Yeah, yeah. And so now he coming up, coming back from a knee uh, surgery, That's I think that's the biggest question is just, you know, how he's going to move around and feel. Yeah, I think that's 
second base and kind of like their fourth outfielder or kind of like the two too big i mean what do you think about their fourth outfielder it seems like there's like a a, like six five or six dudes kind of i really want to see kai tom but i know he's been hurt i want to i want to see what he can do i he was kind of he was kind of my pick uh, to emerge out of that pack but seems like that that oblique injury is kind of bugging him and still nagging right like yeah i mean he hasn't i don't think he's he's done anything yet i mean he's the oblique is sideline you know obliques can be pretty tricky and they can hang around for a while so He's definitely getting a late start, which is unfortunate because as a Rule Five guy, he's got to make the team or, or be off your back. Um, yeah. But I mean, when you look at that, you know, quote unquote fourth outfielder um, spot, there are guys that play both the infield. And, I mean, a Chad Chad Pinder. If, if like the if the top three outfielders are Canna or like Loriano, Piscotti, Canna, yeah, then a fourth. Uh, is is Pinder a fourth outfit? Is Tony Kemp a fourth yeah, outfielder? I feel like Pinder and Kemp could, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean those those are guys that could like platoon at second and also be like the fourth outfielder. And yeah, I I think I feel like they want to and are going to try to find at least try to find a way to get Pinder in the lineup more yeah. often just because I feel kind of bad for him, dude. He's just been like biding his time, but then they just <laughs> they, they just don't give him a chance. Like I don't know, like just like. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, his, his versatility kind of works against him, right? Because yeah. he doesn't – you don't need to plug him in at one spot and, like, have him there regularly because he can play a bunch of different spots. Um, and that's valuable, but it also means that he's not getting regular bats at any one spot. So – but, the, I mean, the, there are those two guys. And one thing that adding – signing Moreland did was um, before that, they were talking about, hey, we need to kind of look at having a fourth outfielder who's who hits left-handed just to have a little bit of like balance yeah. for the lineup. So that that's why like a Kai Tom or Seth Brown, um, Luis Pereira, even uh, yeah. what one of, one of those guys might have, you know, had kind of a, a better shot potentially at, at one of those last roster spots, but signing Moreland now they have that yeah. other left-handed presence in the lineup. So that's not as much of a priority. Plus Barrera got to camp late because of visa issues. Uh, Tom, like you said, has been hurt. Seth Brown's been out there a little bit, but you know, I haven't he, haven't seen anything. But I mean, Buddy Reed is a left handed outfielder who's yeah, or switching outfielder. He's the one who's like blowing the doors off. And uh, Melvin was actually asked yesterday, like, "Hey, what does he have to do to make the team?" And, and he, uh, without saying as much, he's like, he doesn't really have. He'll basically has to keep doing this the whole spring. To, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, Melvin was he was realistic about it without like diplomatic, yeah, he's diplomatic. the excitement too much. He, he basically there are guys in front of him. Like, yeah. if he if he made just an overwhelming case, then maybe there would be a shot. But yeah, he's not even on forty man roster. Yeah. Yeah, Mel- Melvin was funny. He's like, I don't want to kill the party, but it's like, <laughs> realistically, like, right. yeah, like, yeah, it's going to be right. taking a so, while. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the outfielder, like, the outfield depth situation, it's, we'll see how that shakes out, but we've still, still got three weeks, yeah. three weeks and change. Yeah, because I feel like Cano, without Moreland, would have been, like, the, the main DH, and that would have opened up more at-bats in left field. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, like, all yeah. connected, yeah. And do you think uh, Luzardo makes the leap this year? Do you, do you feel like... I feel like he's still kind of a question mark, you know. I feel like he still has those those games where he can't get out of the fourth inning. So, like, uh, but I mean, yeah. you know, he's still a young guy, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it is a little tough to to project. I think um, because he did he had some shaky outings last year, and like you said, it was it was more up and down than I think they were even expecting. Um, you know, Melvin himself has said like he was shocked at some of the t- some of the times that Luzardo got hit around because you just you don't expect a guy with his kind of stuff to get hit around 
Um, but it happened and it happened several times. Um, and another question with him, I think this year is the, his career high, uh, in innings for a full season is something like 109. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. so he's looking at a jump, not only from last year's 60 odd innings that he, that he threw, but you know, if he's, if he's look, if they're looking at having him in the rotation for a full season, that's a significant jump over anything he's ever thrown in his, yeah. in his career. If he's getting up to like 160. Um, so, so how he handles that is going to be interesting to see. Um, I mean, he's a, but he's still definitely a candidate to, you know, start opening day. I would say or opening. I know night. that's what's so crazy. It's like I feel like he, he's still susceptible. Like, say he has a, a god awful sp- spring. Like, you know, like he might. I don't know. I, I feel like, it, like, say he has a god awful spring, but Mike Fires also has a god awful spring. Like, I think Fires is has a safer spot in the rotation somehow, just because that's all he can do. You know, it's kind of weird. I don't uh, think I don't think I, any of those guys are really in too much danger of, of losing yeah. a spot in spring. Yeah. I think I think the rotation is pretty much set. Um, yeah. I mean, the only the wild card is Puck, and whether yeah, I was going to ask you about him. What are your expectations? Like, I don't think they know yet either. Honestly. No, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think they know either. Um, he's supposed to. I think he's supposed to face hitters tomorrow for the first time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they. As far as we've been told, they don't have an idea yet. They're going to try to build him up as a starter, but you know, if if they get to a point where they feel like he's better served um, pitching relief, then they can they can back him off a little bit. But yeah, it's, that's still an unknown. And even if he does start some games, he's another guy who is the last three years he's thrown what 20, 30 innings total. Yeah. So um, so it's not like he's yeah, he's never thrown over before. once. Yeah, he's never thrown over 120 innings his career either yeah uh yeah well i mean the and and the last three i mean he had the tommy john surgery he came back briefly in 19 and then he didn't pitch it all last year so his i mean they're they're going to be careful with him um i would i would assume yeah so so like their their rotation i would say the top five are are pretty much set i don't think anybody's and that's one reason why they're they're approaching it the way they are right now it's like nobody's competing for a job so they don't need to see him out there pitching against the yeah, that's what he was saying. Rockies yeah. and the Reds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, I I I just think I I don't, I don't know if they've talked about this, but I, I think they would be better just kind of just at this point just building up Puck is to be like kind of grooming him to be their future closer or something or like mm, you I, and I, Susan, you and Susan are in the same camp. I, I think yeah, it's like dude, it's like I I think we've, we've there's enough evidence to say like uh his body just can't handle all this. It's a lot of stress on, you know. And like his body just can't handle it. So instead of expecting him to throw, building him up to throw 200 innings a year, maybe build him up to throw 50 or 60 and let him loose, like let him throw 101 for like an inning instead of 98 for four innings, five innings, or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I know enough about the sort of specifics of his medical, um, you know, conditions and uh, stuff yeah. to, to kind of say whether he, he like can't handle. I mean, so far he hasn't shown in recent seasons that he's able to stay healthy. So at all, regardless of what role. So, so yeah, it'll be, I mean, it's, it's a big spring for him, right? Because he's, he's kind of on that cusp of turning into, he's still considered one of their top prospects, but he's on that cusp of turning into kind of going from, yeah, he's about to be 26 be to, or 27 or something. So yeah. now it's, it's like the clock is – he's not really the young guy anymore. He's kind of like, oh. No. Yeah. And they – I mean, they say they still see him as a starter. He still wants to be a starter. So I think until that idea is really exhausted, I don't I – mean, yeah. but the closer the closer idea is not – it's it's not 
not interesting. <laughs> no, I, I would. Know. Yeah, Susan, I mean, Susan was behind that for hundred uh, percent for a little while. Yeah, I, I think that's. I, I mean, that's what I think. But what do I know? You probably have to go the back <laughs> out just for an intimidation factor. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he looks different. Yeah, it's not not the same. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, I know you're a busy man. Uh, that's all I got for you. But, dude, uh, thank you so much. Um, and good luck this season, man. Be following. I'll be reading for sure. Thanks. Yeah, it was <laughs> a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Have it on anytime. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully, we get up to opening day without any, without any hitches and can get this season going. Yeah, it's going to be a grind, dude. All right. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Thanks again to Matt for his time. Be sure to read his stuff in the Chronicle, support local journalism, support your local newsrooms. Um, yeah, he's really, yeah, he's a, he's a grinder. He's been doing it for forever. So uh, really cool to see him jump into a jump into the A's beat this year. So uh, yeah, thanks again for listening to episode 16 of the Ricky Henderson, a podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ricky blog, your host, Alex Espinoza. Yeah, and uh, Saturday we might be doing some play-by-play or something. Who knows? (laughs) All right, have a good one, guys. Take care.